I'm sat here with uh, Nathaniel Allen and Olivia Penhow, who are actors, and I recently saw you guys at your production at the Churchill Theatre, Marble Cake. Yeah. But before we dive into Marble Cake, um, I want you to introduce yourselves, who you are, where you're from, mm -hmm. and then we'll get into the nitty gritty bits of Marble Cake and yeah. the production and everything. So Brilliant. welcome to the Bromley Buzz. Thanks, thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having yeah. us, yeah. No. Okay, well, so uh, I'm Nathaniel Allen. I live in Croydon. I've been there for about 25 years now. Uh, so basically my whole life. Um, I studied uh, theatre at the Brit School. I also uh, was part of the Young Company at the Churchill Theatre. That's when I first became kind of involved in the Churchill Theatre. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. back when I was... Uh, in fact, you know what? It's funny because I started those two kind of institutes on the same day. I went to the Brit School Open Day and I went to the um, Churchill Theatre Young Class Young Company too on the same day and from there I still work at both those institutes so uh, yeah really kind of thankful for that. Has <laughs> uh, that changed a lot the church? Yeah, absolutely yeah well because I, I started <laughs> as in the in the Young Company and then I was getting like too old for it um, and I asked my uh, boss Karen if I could have a job there um, thinking I'd get like some front of house stuff or something like that but um, she actually offered me to be the assistant director of the Young Company um, wow. yeah and from there I've uh, done that for a while and now I'm the co-director of Young Company 1 and 2 so uh, I've been there since then, so it's been over 10 years now. So, yeah, really cool. So, I really integrated Amazing. into that theatre. It's a beautiful theatre, um, like 700 seats in the main house. And then, obviously, where you came, it's much more intimate, small space that is very uh, versatile. You can have work on the stage, work in the round, like we did, or um, or different ends. Yeah, and that was us. in the studio. Wasn't exactly, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, that's really cool. Um, so, I worked there, and um, and after I graduated Brit School, I went on to Mount View, which is a drama school, um, trained there for three years, and then finished, graduated that in 2018. So I've been working as an actor since then and a drama facilitator. So um, teaching drama and acting and facilitating to younger people. Um, I also work um, for a company called Storymakers, which is another local com company. Mm -hmm. uh, work in the Orpington, Chiselhurst, um, Sickup kind of area. And we uh, do basically short one-person plays for children, um, aged from zero to five. And they come and they meet someone who's who's lost something. And then we go on a journey around uh, around about and we eventually find that thing in the end. So it's really nice, especially after COVID as well. You know, bringing kids back into an environment where they can interact with someone in real life and also other kids around. So yeah. Which I think is wonderful because COVID has impacted a Absolutely. lot of those social skills Absolutely. and that confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, so. so it's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, so that's that's me. Yeah, yeah. And you can handle the zero to five year olds. It's been a new challenge. I tell you, when I first got in there, like if anyone would fall over or cry or whatever, like, oh, I don't know what to do in this situation. <laughs> and hope that a mum or a dad or someone's going to come and help me out. But I think I'm getting a bit more used to it now. It's been a year though, so it's taking, it's taking its time. But I do love working with kids, so they are like fascinating. I think being an actor as well, there's so much about play. You know, mm. and so much we can learn from them, watching them. So, you know, with all my kids, even the, um, the year 12s and 13s at Brit, um, you, you can just learn so much from them. So uh, it's brilliant to be in that environment all the time, I think, you know? Fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, so um, thanks for having us on the podcast. We're oh, really happy to welcome. be here, number one. Um, and my name is Olivia Penhallo. I'm an actor. I went to the Brit School with Nathaniel, uh, although we didn't study the same thing. I did musical theatre, he did theatre. Mm -hmm. So I was not on the cool side of Brit School, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> did you know there was a cool side? Of the well, thing? there is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Into strand politics. <laughs> Isn't there always Musical theatre is not there. <laughs> but it was fantastic and mm. I loved it. And um, I, so I studied there 
for that, I actually did used to go to a, a theatre school um, in Bromley. Uh, it's just actually on Bromley Road called DMB Performing Arts. Uh, it's sort of in Downham, so it's kind of oh, down yes, the Bromley yes, Road yes, on the left hand side. Yeah. It's above what used to be Woolworths, which I yeah. think is now, I'm not sure what it is now. Yeah, um, it's on the corner, isn't it? On the corner, yeah. yeah. So I grew up doing that and then did drama at school and then went to Brit school, and that's when I kind of got a bit more serious about it. Um, and then I studied French and drama at Royal Holloway University, so it's uh, Staines, Egham kind of area, so it's just outside of London. So it was it was a great course and it was a good combination of things so French and so language mm. stuff and some acting but it was more kind of it's a slightly more theory based course obviously because drama as a degree at university is different yeah. to acting at a drama school That's so I kind of just felt like I wanted to sort of do more so I did acting courses outside of um, university and then when I left I kind of carried on sort of getting involved in sort of bits and pieces of productions mm-hmm. that I could. Um, I joined a theatre company called The People's Company which is based in Southwark Playhouse. It's a really brilliant oh, yes, company. Them, yeah. yeah and it's yeah. um it's run by John Whelan who's the artistic director and it's great because it's kind of a lot of community theatre. A lot of the theatre productions that we do there are based kind of on local stories, local history. It's a local history theatre company essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we're based in the Playhouse, so we perform there. But also, I do quite a lot of performances, sort of in different projects within the Southwark community, um, and not just in Southwark. Actually, I did one last year for the Windrush, a uh, Windrush project that was in Islington, actually in Caledonian oh, Park. Okay. So kind of different bits and pieces of community theatre. Basically, yeah. a lot of the time, it's telling, taking interviews um, and making them into monologues and sort of performing them or creating plays and. Um, I wrote a play this summer actually and directed a group of actors I wasn't in it because I wasn't able to be here but um, that was a great writing experience yeah Um, and then other stuff we were talking about Bridge House weren't we earlier and I was um, Mm. involved in a play about mental health with Nathan actually called Just Relax um, directed by Lucy Harris and that was a brilliant opportunity for both of us I think wasn't it so um, to kind of explore the sort of in more detail kind of how anxiety manifests and how it affects diff- different people differently yeah. basically yeah, it's a brilliant play written and based on quite a lot of her own experiences okay. so that was really inspiring when being was that? in that that was in 2021 we did it okay. first the british yeah. house theater then we did it at the hope theater in um, in islington actually um in 2022 that was yeah, last year last may as well. yeah, yeah yeah it was really moving writing as well and it was great being involved in that and um, it was us and three others um and yeah and so i mean i work full-time for a cultural strategy agency as a project producer so that's like my day job so day job night job um yeah <laughs> it's kind of the whole thing but you know yes oh my goodness it yes. is tough jo- it is tough juggling it but i yeah. think where both of us have kind of you know united and sort of found common ground mm. is the fact that we kind of want to be doing more creating more work basically yeah. and, and yeah. performing in more stuff and so we kind of just about between our ridiculous schedules my full-time <laughs> job and other things Nathaniel's <laughs> all his different jobs and yeah. and we sort of managed to kind of come together on this this project specifically but um yeah amazing amazing and talking about you know you guys uniting how did you guys though you're you know you were at the same brit school yeah is that and that's where you met we actually met before. No, oh, you met before that? No, it goes oh, back. We've known each other probably about 20 years. Okay, so <laughs> this give is us a my, sort of brief overview yeah. of how you guys... This might be why we were able to do uh, create the kind of sibling uh, bond that we were trying to create yeah. on stage so well, because we have known each other for so long. So, yeah. <laughs> we uh, When we were 11, it must have been, there's, in Beckenham Spa, there was a... I don't know if it's still there or not, but uh, there was a <laughs> summer school called Buzz, 
mm. where you could do swimming, you could play basketball, you could do all this kind Space of stuff. Zone. Space Zone. Um, and uh, we both attended there. Um, I've got a younger sister, and Liv actually was more friends with my younger sister there, but we had met there, so we knew mm. each other there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we uh, were at Brit School, in not even in a creative class. And uh, we thought, That's you look familiar, you yeah. look familiar. And we kind of worked oh, back as to how we knew each other. Um, and um, and I think, so from Brit School, obviously, our relationship kind of fully blossomed. But uh, but we had had previously, <laughs> you will, um, from Buzz. So, yeah. And then and then at Brit, we just became very, very good friends there. And I've since become best friends uh, for, like you say, two two decades. Yeah, really now, long so, time. Yeah. Long mm-hmm. time, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So how many productions have you done together? It's just the two, isn't it? It's just two, yeah. yeah. We did two runs of Just Relax and one now of Marble, Marble Cake. cake. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so, yeah. uh, so bringing us on to Marble Cake, um, I'm just looking at some other questions here while I doddle because my eyesight's absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, how, did, how did it come to do your debut at the Churchill Theatre yeah. in the studio? How did that come about? I think with we, your experience, obviously, from being there. Yeah, well, the the beauty of, of, of me working there, like as I say, my uh, boss Carolyn programs the space. She programs what goes in the studio space. So it was brilliant um, for me to be able to say to her, she's so supportive um, that we have kind of new writing. We have this really good idea. Um, there was lots of plays going on at the time, for example, um, African Schoolgirls, school girls, uh, or the African Mean Girls that was on at the Liv Hammersmith, mm. which is a play talking about black culture and stuff like that. Um, and it was just, we wanted to be part of that conversation and stuff like that, because we feel like we, there's stuff out there that talks about the mixed race identity, but maybe not as in depth as a whole play. Um, and it was it was Liv. I have to give Liv full credit for it. It was Liv's uh, um, idea to to make this play happen. So um, when she said to me, "I'd like to make this play happen," I was like, "Well, brilliant!" Because we have a venue, we can do it at this venue. Because I work here, and we did a co-production with the Churchill, which meant uh, we could rehearse it for free. And um, and yeah, and they were really supportive um, along the way, helping us um, promote and helping us with um, like tech, like Max, our tech guy, and things like that. Um, so. So that's how we managed to put it on at Churchill, as you say, because of my connection with there. Um, and, and yeah, and we could... It worked out really well. It worked out really well, yeah. brilliant, yeah. And it meant that, like, a few people said to us, like, afterwards, oh, it felt like it was, like, meant for that space, yeah. like, in the round in that space. And what was brilliant is because we were allowed to rehearse so much in there, mm-hmm. we could really, like, get entrenched and really, like, work with the space and know exactly where we were going, what we were doing, you know what I mean, and really familiarise ourselves with it. So, yeah, that was useful. I mean, I, you know, I... When I came to watch it, and we will talk about what it is because we have to rewind a little bit. We've kind of jumped into <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We're probably going to be saying, "What are they talking about?" Yeah, yeah. But when I came to see it, um, I, you know, I hadn't seen anything in that space before. Mm. Yeah. So it was really nice, and it worked really well. And I kind of went away thinking, "I wonder if that would have had the same feeling had you been in the bigger theatre on stage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we felt like we were in it." Yes. Um, from the moment, like as I said, when I wrote the blog, from the moment the curtains went up yeah. till you know the yeah. final applause, <laughs> it was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. That means so much to us. Thank you so much. The uh, whole idea you. of putting it in the round was that we were hoping that um, the audience would almost just be pulling back the curtain or part of the walls, you know, yeah. of, of this two, of these this brother and sister, these siblings. Um, and the other idea is that if you were to see uh, the characters, Kumi, I play Kumi, and uh, Liv play Keisha, if you were to see these characters outside of this living room, they might not act like that. Yes. But it's once the two siblings are thrust together in this space, that's when it all comes yeah. out. Right, so, so let's yeah. stop there. Let's rewind <laughs> yeah. and go back to the beginning in yes. terms of what is Marble Cake, okay, the brilliant. process yeah. and how it came about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. 
Does that make yes, sense? Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No, Marble Cake is a play about a mixed race brother and sister who are trying to navigate their race essentially. And how the play came about was well, obviously, we've just spoken about our history and how long we've known each other. And um, it was actually my boyfriend who suggested to me, why don't you do a project just with Nathan, just you two, you know, and really like focus in. And I had, a, I kind of really thought about it and I thought it feel, felt like a really good idea. And obviously I came to Nathan, he, he agreed, thankfully, and we, <laughs> we started on this journey. But, you know, we kind of talked a lot about what what sort of theatre do we want to make? Why do we want to make it? Mm-hmm. And what's our motivation? What's our underpinning objective, really, for this type of play? Obviously, the ultimate aim is to kind of entertain people on a level, but equally, we wanted to... We didn't want to... We're new writers as well. We wanted to use our own personal experiences, not just okay. because we... Just because, but, but because of the message driving us, we didn't want to just make up imaginary characters that we didn't have a connection to we wanted to sort of loosely base the characters on versions of ourselves slash versions of people that we know and based on conversations yeah, that we've had through our life and it? bring it yeah make make it an authentic mm. authentic piece that's really come from somewhere that's that's hopefully going somewhere that wasn't just kind of just pulled out of thin air it wasn't just a rabbit out of a hat this it was idea very educational as well yeah and, and that's thank the, you, that's yeah. thank you for saying that it, we really wanted to to kind of convey that and and to bring that out and so then yeah basically we kind of came to the decision that we wanted to do a sort of one act play you know one act one like one hour roughly okay it was probably about an hour and 15 in the end but that type of length we felt like that would be a manageable project and a manageable kind of goal to aim for rather than sort of becoming so I think the danger is when you're sort of starting out writing and creating theatre sort of devising it yourselves um Mm -hmm. you can it's very easy to be quite ambitious and to try and make you know create loads of drama and set and you know effects and I think that you know both of us really knew that we wanted to try and sort of keep it really intimate keep it and not be too ambitious and just do do what we could do on in the level that we were doing it to a good level rather than sort of try to be too you know overconfident I guess with with kind of with it and also I think that you know having a more intimate story that's based on reality and our own experiences it didn't feel like we wanted to sort of make it too performative we wanted to keep it really natural and Mm -hmm. you know keep it about a relationship basically about a brother and sister you know and because we're such close friends in real life you know I feel like Nathan's my brother and you know we kind of felt well let's just play with that let's use that existing relationship and the chemistry that we already have in that way in in the form of characters and what helped us, so I just add on to that sibling thing, we also wanted to show how different the mixed race experience is, uh, even in the same family. You know, even in the same yeah. family, there's two people having a different experience of essentially the same thing, yeah. isn't it? So uh, so that helped us out with that, I think, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. We kind of, we did sort of play with the idea of maybe, because the, the just for the listeners, we the characters are brother and sister. They've got the same mum and the same dad. So the mum's white and the dad's black. Um, and we kind of, we chose to go down that route rather than it being, you know, different mum, same dad, different dads, or, or, you know, different, different parents, which we kind of, we talked about that and we, but we felt that actually for the purpose of the play, to make it a bit more easy for people to kind of understand and see the direction that we're on, we kind of chose to do, Mm. to set the characters out like that. Um, even though we did sort of toy with the idea of doing it, you know, but it just would have made it a bit more complicated to explain the time that we were trying to mm. do it. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, God, I've got questions racing in my head as well. <laughs> um, so, 
I think you might have answered this, but what is the experience of those of mixed race and origin? I mean, what is that kind of experience for either yourself yeah. or people that you know around that? Because yeah. there's a lot of talk about that, and people actually people also don't talk about it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And, yeah, and sometimes the people that are not are not sure how to approach it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely um, struggled ourselves you know, trying to articulate it. You yeah. know, definitely because mm-hmm. you have Whether like it's PC or not. Yeah, precisely, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, and, and terms are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I actually um, do some unconscious bias training as well. Liv is like head of a D diversity and inclusion um, team at her work yeah. so we are kind of involved in these conversations and stuff but it doesn't um, it doesn't make it any easier really when you're exploring it for yourself um, I know we had um, lots of conversations Liv and I had that kind of didn't make it into the play but like around the play that we were like oh snap yeah we're really starting to kind of open up and see what it is because essentially it's sometimes um, uh, feeling like you're on one side or the other I think that's a that's a big thing I, that is that you feel like you might have to choose. You're either on uh, this side, like let's mm. just make it, let's just say black and white for now, right? You're yeah. either on the black side or the white side. Sometimes not feeling that like you fit in on the black side, sometimes not feeling you fit in on the white side. And that, and... Um, and and it, being judged for your choice. And being judged for your well, choice, yeah. absolutely. That, that society comes in, exactly. Yeah. And what we wanted to highlight in our play as well is microaggressions as well, which is people saying things, they don't necessarily mean it, they're not trying to offend you. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. Um, and just how that can affect you too. And it can yeah. really like make yeah. you question yourself and like, well, why is that? Well, you know, I don't want to be like uh, perceived as a white person because I'm not, because I am mm. black and white. But then is there anything wrong with that as well, you know? And all these questions that are thrown up from childhood, from adulthood, um, that we just were trying to make sense of. This is the thing, like the play, we're not trying to answer these questions and say, this is the answer. If you are mixed race, watch this play and you will know all the answers now. Yes. We're just yeah. trying to say that, you know, if you are mixed race, hopefully, or dual heritage, you can come to this play and feel uh, that, uh, oh, there's people that I can relate to, and like you said, and it's what, okay. And it's okay. And if you aren't of dual heritage, and you can come to play and watch and go, oh, I didn't realize I was saying that, and maybe mm. someone's feeling that way, or like you said, you know, you could be educated to be like, oh, I see. Maybe that's why this person does that or does this or whatever. Now, you know, yeah. and it's always like you said about um, at the theatre. There's always like a op- chance to educate and entertain, and that's like what what you aim to do don't you really Mm. so that your audience is left taking something away you know taking something away from the experience so um yeah we're just trying to open up that conversation to a wider audience as big an audience as we can really and as i said we're saying earlier about being part of the conversation about race you know like london is such a multicultural place but do we really you know are we having the conversation enough really are we and it's interesting you say that so myself and darren Will, um, we um, founded the Let's Talk Better campaign. Brilliant. And we launched it in February last year. Yeah. Or this year, sorry, this year. We've done yeah. three events already. So, yeah. oh my God, we're coming up to a year now wow. for our anniversary well, congratulations. in February. Yeah. Yes. Great, and it's been so wonderful because it's about inspiring better conversations this is it. around stigma, taboo topics, everything from sexual abuse to racism to yeah. suicide, the whole shebang. Um, how do we do this? And actually, it's opened up some great conversations, which you know we didn't think. Brilliant, yeah. Would, and that's what yeah. it's all about. And sometimes it's a way of getting in, rather than going, okay, we're talking about this now. Talk, you know. It's go to the theatre, watch this. Oh, we can talk with a drink afterwards about what we felt about yeah. that, you know. Or we can watch this film, or we can do this art, or we can whatever. And it and that helps people to come into the conversation. I know we didn't realize. I I don't think, or I definitely didn't realize what we had created um, in terms of this play that allowed so many people to come into it through different avenues through um, the storyline and stuff Mm. like that and I feel like being able to come into the play and then hear the race conversation on top of that allows you to be invested in it you know so yeah yeah I mean while you guys were performing 
it highlighted things in my own life. And then I was also looking around at people's expressions because like, I'm always looking at people because yeah. of the job that I do yeah, yeah, as well. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, no, I need to keep watching here. No, yeah, definitely. It's, it Brilliant. was really, really bizarre, but yeah. um, it really kind of got things questioning. And like you said, about ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing the play, but yeah. I was sat there and I was thinking, oh, okay, yeah. that's my relationship. Or, you know, yes. um, you know, you talked about, you know, people putting judgments or stigmas. I mean, so many times people say to me, where are you from? And I'll go, well, I've got Indian, Yemeni, East African yeah. blood. And they'll be like, but where's your curly hair and mm. your big lips? And I'm like, no, that's just... Not how it works. It, it doesn't work that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they're like, oh. Yeah, literally, <laughs> this is the thing. And they don't want to they say. Don't, exactly. You don't give them the answer they want, and this then it's just, it. it's awkward. Yeah. yeah, and you've got like lines that are exactly like that in the play. About yeah, it. I yeah. think, um, I don't know if it helps to sort of tell the story a little bit, um, mm. but it basically, the whole kind of point of the play is, it's a conflict. There's a conflict going on internally for both of them. The My character, Keisha, knows that, and she's very aware of that, and she wants to make her brother aware of it too, because mm. he's not really aware of it, he's not tuned in just yet. It's only when the play starts, that's when her kind of questioning starts with him, which leads him to kind of reflect on himself. And, and ultimately, that their differences and their difference of opinion is what kind of causes them a lot of like heartache, really. Yeah. Um, and I think, and then that's, that's the kind of point we're trying to make, really, is that, mm. you know, for each individual, it is so different and it doesn't, you know, it can actually cause you pain yeah. as a person, you know, yeah. and, and not knowing and not being, and not being able to know where to navigate yourself, depending on where you've grown up and what influences have been more prevalent in your life or less prevalent, you know, what friends you've been with, what yeah, schools you've gone with, you know, it? all of that makes an identity and people sort of look and they see what they see on the outside, but that's just a small part of like who you really are. Mm. And I think that because of the assumptions that come with having, you know, brown skin, basically, especially like, you know, mixed race brown skin, it's not kind of specific, you sort of, there's more questions, there's more mm. kind of cultural ambiguity. Um, and that, I think, confuses people, and then it makes you feel insecure. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, I, you know, I, with one of my um, siblings, my brother, I had a conversation about that, because we often talk about identity yeah. and things quite yeah. a lot, about where do we fit in, also, it depends where you've grown up, and then you yeah, back to totally. a country. Mm. I mean, one of the things you spoke about earlier was the Windrush situation, yeah. you know, about that whole thing, I mean, well, you know, what's your thoughts on yeah. that? I mean, I think, I mean, w working on this project last year was, uh, it was a, a break, amazing project. Um, in a nutshell, it was basically, it was an Arts in the Park, um, ran it, and it was a kind of project that brought together visual arts, different areas of the community, stories, storytelling, which mm -hmm. is where I kind of came into it, local, basically sort of trying to talk to local people from the Windrush mm -hmm. generation, telling their stories, so through the interviews, or creating monologues, and then creating a kind of mural um, to sh so showcase it. And the backdrop of the stage in the park was this amazing mural that was kind of wow. all these different community groups contributed to. Mm. Um, and then we performed the stories, and, and, and actually quite a lot of the people who the stories were from were watching. Brilliant. And, mm. you know, it was just, Special. people's reaction to it was brilliant. And it was just really nice to sort of do something like that with a purpose. And I think it definitely filled with the Windrush generation you know, things that have happened in recent years, you know, in politics and with the government, you know, it's, there's been a, a lot of unfair kind of conversation and these experiences, mm -hmm. you know, these people that have kind of grown up in this country or spent most of their lives in these countries and that then being questioned on that, yeah. you know, and, and kind of the, 
like basically the systemic racism mm. that's at the heart of that really mm. and the kind of like the outcast the feeling of being the outcast and sort of this kind of confusion mentally of sort of where do you belong like if because also a lot of the time people that have grown up in countries that aren't actually where they were born yeah. go back and then don't feel part of it exactly and then don't feel like that they've re- and then what happens then what happens then yeah absolutely yeah yeah um gosh we could talk on and on forever and ever because we talk about the siblings and the differences um mm. i have a friend of mine who's um got two boys and one of um they're both parents are both asian mm. so indian but one's from pakistan one's from india mm. and the children that they've had the two boys one it, i suppose looks indian yeah. you know black hair brown skin and all that the other one pale skin he actually looks irish oh. ginger hair wow c- with freckles okay. completely different and it's the same mum and dad fascinating. yeah fascinating. but that this is, is like and the, yeah. the, you know sometimes that because i i said to him you know how how does that work yeah you know um yeah. luckily they haven't had they, they've been quite lucky in terms of you know being together you know it's interesting Definitely. the difference that yeah 100 percent. i mean my sister um you know she has got brown eyes and brown hair and my hair's a bit lighter and i've got green eyes so um yeah it, it's just you, it's just completely different experiences yeah. isn't it it yeah. really really is and i think also kind of like you know adding kind of the different sort of genders as well mm. on top of that you know sort of yeah. that That's kind nice. of also adds a whole other layer to you Definitely. know to to Definitely. identity mm. um and you know in this in this play you know i was playing a female character nathan was playing a male character and i think then trying to kind of get that com- that add that bit of the conversation in without sort of becoming too like we want to teach people about yeah, what it's yeah. like and you know it's it's hard because we wanted to get it nuanced enough that it felt believable because then i felt like well both of us felt people would actually sort of take it in more yes than yeah. rather than being told and it's not you know yeah because nobody likes to be told it's like it's exactly. just naturally planting that's it. the seeds yeah that's it but yeah there's times where we were writing we would be like we'd write a bit and then go back to it and go well look you've said this but we now need to mention this because you don't just like scoot over those things mm. they yeah. are things that need yeah, to be yeah, said yeah they are they can't just plonk it in exactly not yeah. deal with yeah. it precisely <laughs> so exactly what you're saying that flow and the nuances and all that kind of stuff like you get that through going back to the um, text and getting people to read it for you and help you, you know, mm-hmm. analyse and stuff because, uh, you know, you can miss that in, in the great Yeah, and, and I think as well, and with that, you know, there's also an amount that you have to leave to the audience's imagination, basically. We can't, we shouldn't be trying to spell out everything That's because exactly. that, then it just becomes not a very interesting experience. No, to, to go and what? Thinking and yeah. curiosity and all yeah. that. That's it. And, and making, drawing those conclusions and, and also because it's, we're not, like we said before, we're not sort of saying this is the mixed race experience, this is exactly how it is. We're just offering a perspective, yeah. a couple of different perspectives mm-hmm. in this play mm-hmm. and you know, whatever people draw from it, we kind of wanted to kind of it to be kind of open. Yeah, Lovely. absolutely, Amazing. yeah. So at the end of the performance, there was this message of hope. Yeah. Yeah. So why did you choose that ending to have that message of I mean, it was amazing. I had my head, back of my hair. Hairs in the back of your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can never say the woods for the trees or the trees for the woods. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, um, so at the end of the play, basically, um, Keisha's character, uh, Liv's character, Keisha, she has a choice, really. She has a choice to make, and it's a, um, and it's, we wanted to leave it kind of ambiguous, and we felt um, the best way to do that was um, 
I don't know, can I say what it is or shall I not say just in case? <laughs> yeah, um, so we have this moment of this kind of embrace between um, Kumi and Keisha and what we wanted to do was show that even through all this, again, that sibling relationship of being able to be hurling abuse at each other and then laughing and dancing together. And what, I don't know if you noticed Zena, but throughout the play, um, they, they barely touch the brother and sister. Mm. So there's a brief awkward hug at the beginning yeah. and then all that tension happens throughout the play and then we wanted to kind of dissipate that through this end embrace um, and really bring it all together. Um, and it, we just felt that although um, it is, it, it can be tough, like we've talked, you know, this race conversation is tough, it can be tough to uh, navigate it through life, it's tough for um, most people in life, but um, there is hope and there, there is, is yeah. joy in life and there is um, love, isn't there? Uh, so we wanted to, as much as like, you know, you can go to theatre sometimes and be like, that was a really great play, but I left like, you know, I really like don't know what to do with all this. Mm. Whereas we were hoping that people can like go away from it, but be in a positive light and like, having that kind of powerful, strong image at the end. Mm. You can be like, yes, I've been on this roller coaster, but that was nice. And I can go out with that nice feeling to kind of spread that or talk about that, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. Amazing. Definitely. Yeah, I, well, I definitely felt that. Yeah. So coming yeah, out there. Equally, though, I we didn't want it to be, like, we kind of tried to, as much as possible, sort of leave the door kind of open. Like, we didn't want it to sort of be, oh, it all kind of, you know, wraps up and everything's great and she doesn't go off and she stays and they work it all out and, you know, she goes to the hospital appointments with the mum or whatever it is because it's like, would... You know, would you make that massive decision yeah. in that moment? You'd well, probably I was be left thinking it, right? about what's next, and I was what's like, next? I wonder if there's going to be a part what two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 what yeah, happens? Yeah. Does she go? Does she not go? I mean, either way, I think the night before we um, did our first performance of it, we had um, uh, a friend of mine came in and helped um, just to sort of give us a few directional tweaks and, and look at the play and sort of see it because we didn't have loads of people to come really and look mm. at it before the play. So it was great. Um, Mary came along and she just had a conversation with us at the end of it, rather than sort of giving all. Oh, change that, change that, change that. She kind of just spoke to us about what was happening and different bits mm. of it. And we kind of, I think, something that really struck me um, from that conversation was um, when we just kind of basically said it's a lose-lose for both mm. of them in a way. But equally, because whatever happens, you know, Katie's not going to go away and feel good about leaving, right? She wanted to go there to try mm. and find out what's good in the brother's life to make him feel a bit better so that she feels a bit better about leaving him, basically. Mm-hmm. And and she's selfish, you know. That's the that's kind of the whole point. She's a flawed character. She's not supposed to be this perfect, really mm-hmm. appropriate, correct person. She's a real person who is conflicted and complicated. Um, and equally, you know, the brother kind of... Kumi's responses to her and kind of like not, you know, not kind of giving her that conversation, not giving her mm-hmm. that space really to sort of really talk to him about stuff that was really meaningful for her... And all of that sort of conflict, you know, between them. But then equally, you know, they do they do come back together. And it's just this sort of cycle that kind of just goes mm. around. There's relationships with people, especially families. It happens, yes. Yeah. You know, it goes yeah. round and round yeah. and round. And round. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, here we are again. And then yeah. you're like, I really love you. You're so great. But yeah. also, why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, things get, go on. Yeah. Um, so what's next for you guys? What's kind of in the... Yeah. More marble cake or something else? I think we hope so. So we've got um, the Checker Theatre Company, that's our company. Mm. Um, I think that our initial thoughts are to grab some, well, grab, try and acquire some funding for this project and then take it um, on a tour or to festivals and stuff like that. And then after that, we would would possibly think about doing other projects. There's a project that Liv's got her mind on um, and stuff like that. So, uh, but, but, 
in the immediate future is to get some funding so that we can take Marble Cake on and and show more people it really and like we say start conversations like this and and spread the word I guess isn't it really do you think it's something that you would take into schools I, I would be open to it. I definitely would be open Absolutely. to it. I think, um, you know, I think probably it's, it's it, we try to sort of set it at 13 plus, but mm. only because the themes tackled in it Young are people kind of yeah, mature. Yeah. Soften it for Yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, do, I think some of it might just be too much for the young ones to kind of handle. Like a few friends asked me, oh, could my son who's 10, I was like, well, depends on the child, I suppose, yeah. right? But, yeah. but yeah. I think overall, you know, it is aimed at, you know, slightly older um, adolescents at least. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think de- definitely taking it into schools. I think the thing is what was really amazing, what came out of that weekend, you know, when you came to see it was the response that we got from it. And actually mm-hmm. to be here, you know, it's so nice to be here talking about this play because before, before we did it, we kind of weren't really sure which way it would go. We thought, you know, it's, it's also tough, you know, for anyone listening, you know, it's not easy putting your own production on and creating your own theatre well, company and you, making it happen. With two of you, is that harder than doing it with a group of people? It was hard. It was hard. It was, do you know what? It was hard in the way of it was more for us. Like, yeah. we had more personally to be responsible for. Like, we literally were running the whole thing and producing it, directing it, acting it, writing yeah. the script, trying to create a set. We had, we had an amazing help from different people. And, yes. You know, Max was incredible in it as well. But, but ultimately, the buck stopped with us. However, because there were just two of us, it was so much easier. Where our schedules are hectic yeah. to manage, as long as we can get together, we can do the play. Yeah. We can rehearse it. Yeah. We yeah. can, and actually, based on other experiences that I've been in productions, it's like trying to manage these people's things. And that one's got that thing, that one's got that job. And, and it's hard to get everyone together in the room. That's the pant I'm putting on. <laughs> <laughs> it's really tough. Scheduling in rehearsals is. is so yeah. tough. And when people get ill and all of that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. people get ill and unexpected yeah. things. So, happen, what advice so. would you give to somebody? who is starting out and would like to do something like you're doing, you know, because obviously and probably there's the Ripley Arts Centre, there's loads of yeah. theatre pl- places here yeah. who would be listening in, hopefully, and, yeah. you know. Have... Yeah, hopefully. It's a great question because I would have loved to have heard this myself as well um, before we started this. But I think ultimately having an idea that you really believe in is is where you need to start. You, yeah. you know, you, you can't just kind of like make up something that's going to sort of have the momentum to yeah, really drive forward. Yeah. You've got, got to have, have an idea mm. and have and go with it. And if even if it is an idea that you are a bit, oh, what are people going to think? Or is it going to, are we going to say it in the right way? Are we going to deal with it in the right way? You know, have the confidence to try it. At least get something down. You know, try and get something down on paper. Work with people that you know Mm-hmm. you get on with and that you have a good working relationship with or try and find those people yeah. Yeah, you know speak to people in your network that you know obviously yeah. we had a great help with Nathan's contacts in the Churchill you know and that was brilliant so talking to people that you know trying to get people invested in the project based on their kind of like interest in what you're trying mm. to talk about basically like every time we talk about this place people people are like wow that sounds really interesting yeah. we're like okay this is good we're getting good response from people yeah. test out your ideas yeah speak to people yeah. have have the conversations that you're going to be having in the play in a way mm. you know in a, in a more kind of natural way yeah, not as yeah, characters yeah. obviously but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know have those conversations with people test it out does it work what are people's thoughts on it Mm. Would would someone be interested in coming to see something like that? Because ultimately, you know, when when it gets to the production side of the play, which was what was a big learning curve for both of us on this one, you know, producing it, you need to be putting stuff out there that people are going to be interested in, yeah. basically, yeah. Exactly. that people are going to grab hold of. So actually, testing that beforehand helps, I think, and it helps you kind of shape which direction you kind mm. of want to go with. Yeah. 
you know, um, I would suggest I suppose that. also being open to um, feedback. Oh, yeah, you have to. You, you have, have to. to. With her yeah. On yeah. The, There's uh, yeah, no like, room for ego in no. this process. No. There really isn't. And also, I think the thing is, like, <coughs> sometimes the natural tendency of human beings, you know, yes. I'm like this, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening hopefully probably can relate to this, but, you know, there can, it can be difficult because you try so hard with something, you're like, no, I just want it to be, and I put so much into this, yeah. and then the thought of just the scrapping the whole thing feels kind of painful. But actually, the quicker that you can get over that yeah. and just go, do you know what? It's that not working. Easy. Let's just cut it. Yeah. You know, the amount of time we cut lines, we cut things, and I know that there were points probably where Nathan probably was like, oh, I kind of want that line, and I was like, well, I kind of don't want it, and we have to kind of, you know, yeah. negotiate and find yeah. the balance because ultimately, in this type of play with two of us. If it doesn't work for one of us, it doesn't it's work for both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. I'm absolutely amazed. I mean, the other thing I wanted to um, ask you, what, before we kind of end and close, is what has been your inspiration in life? Who Or who? What, oh. who has been your biggest inspiration in your life? That's, that's a brilliant question. Um, I think, well... You know, I'm older now, so I think my answer would change from when I was younger. No, I mean, like, when I was younger, I would have said, like, Will Smith. I would have said, like, Will Smith, you know, because yeah, you uh, did use, like, Will I, Smith, I, well, I still like him. Uh, I know, obviously, like, that slap went a bit uh, far, but um, but probably, probably I have to say my mum. Probably I have to say my mum, because uh, like, all, of all she's done for, like, uh, me and my sister and, and like, you know, just keeps on going and keeps on being like so kind of committed to her work and to her job and stuff like that. Um, and I hope I have the same kind of commitment to my work and my job. I know there was times that on this process, like I just think to myself, like, like why are we doing this? Like you question it because mm. you go, like, why are we doing this? Like no one's making us do this. We're not forced to do this. Yeah. We, at, at, at the time when we started writing, we didn't have a venue or anything like that. It's like we didn't have to do it. But then, like, you think because it's bigger. It's bigger than us, you know. Yeah. This is bigger than us, and if you like, that's what Liv was saying precisely, and what Liv was saying about like having something you believe in and you really like, um, you must push it and you, you go for it, you know, and, and just like uh, what my mum does that, you know, every day. So, uh, so very grateful for that, my family yeah. and friends. So yeah, lovely. Yeah, that's a great answer. Mm. Um, I've probably got a couple. I think kind of on on one level, I would say um, Michaela Cole, um, someone like her, Phoebe Waller Bridge, you know people out there who have really put themselves out there mm. <laughs> you know you realize when you do something like this you're like wow i am literally cutting open my chest in a way <laughs> and showing everybody <laughs> yeah, all the pain are. i've been yeah. through yeah, and all of this is real stuff and you know people like that you know i may destroy you it's, you know remarkable piece of television that was based on real experiences mm. and to make that and produce that and you know anyone who's kind of created a show based on their own stuff and, and have had the confidence and courage to tell their own story. Okay, yeah, in the form of a character. But, you know, but still, you're telling, still you're telling your story and, you know, mm -hmm. and actually putting yourself out there like that is, you know, it feels like a very daunting thing. That I think yeah, you're, I, you're making yourself very vulnerable. You are making Absolutely. yourself so vulnerable, 100%, because, you know, there were a lot of people that came to Marble Cake in the end, maybe not loads and loads, but, you know, more than we thought would come. Yeah. And, you know, that's so many however many people that were there it's all those different opportunities for people to kind of really criticize it and say you know hurtful things about it and we have to sort of just be able to take that because as soon as you put something out there in the stratosphere you can't take it back yeah. what can you do yeah. you can't take yeah. it back yeah. can you and you can't sort of suddenly say well actually you know i don't really like what you said so you have to kind yeah. of be open to it so i think anyone who's got the courage to do that really inspires me especially with something like theater mm. um and then i'd probably say on a family level, probably 
two people I can think of that come to mind. My mum, number one, mm-hmm. I mean, similar sort of reasons as Nathan, really. I mean, mm. my mum's been there for, for me through thick and through thin. We've been together, her and I, since, I mean, she she raised me. I grew up as an only child, so it was just me and her. Um, so we have been, you know, really thick as thieves for my whole life. You know, I can't remember a time, obviously, <laughs> when my mum <laughs> hasn't been. And we've gone through difficult times, don't get me wrong. It's not been plain sailing. It's yeah. far from it, actually. But I think the, the solidarity and the kind of united feeling, I feel, from her support and, and love. And she came to all the performances of Mob Kate. She's out in the front row of everyone. Yeah, and before, oh, and it was just, before yeah. as well. And she was and firing like crazy around Crystal Palace, Penge, all these places. She's like, what can I do? What can I do? And she was so invested in the project and believed so much in it um, that having her support was just meant so much to me I'll never forget it and then last one but I've got to also <laughs> reference my cousin her name's Danielle and she is she actually movement directed um, Mob Cake so she helped us um, do the Anybody Dance that we do the Burner Boy song mm. and um, Young there's Gibson uh, Black. Young Gibson Black mm-hmm. yeah we did that as well and um, she came in twice to help us kind of put some moves. Because we knew we wanted, I mean, me coming from my musical theatre kind of yes. like background. They so needed a bit of encouragement, even though he's a brilliant dancer, but choreography is oh. a different type of move. dancing. He can move. He can move. He can move. But I think learning steps is different. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and counting and beats and, you know, with the song and formations and positioning and all that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, the drill. And she came in and she just gave us two brilliant sessions and she, um, you know, her kind of, She's a, a drag artist, she's a dancer, she does pole, she's so kind of invested in her culture. She's, um, you know, she comes from an African background, and that's the side that I'm related to her from, and the Caribbean background, and she's, you know, she's just so kind of well-rounded, like, educated woman. She's just so inspiring. Yeah, Fantastic. so her as well. Great. Fantastic. Um, sadly, we're going to have to um, round it there, but do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure meeting you and speaking with you thank you um, I'm so glad I got to see Marble Cake I'm so um, glad you came thank yeah. you so much thank for coming so it was, it was incredible and do you know keep in touch with us mm. uh, let us know how things are going um, you never know um, if things work out I may pull you back for our Let's Talk Better campaign yeah uh, we're in the process of planning it at the Brilliant. moment so yeah, it's more good. about the successes okay. and the great stories that have come out of it because we've yeah. done the whole uh, well, not, we haven't done the whole thing, but um, we've touched quite a lot on suicide and mm-hmm. all of that kind of things. So we kind of want to bring a bit of hope. Sure, nice. Yeah, to it. This Bringing time hope around. is important. It is really, really important. It's, you know, things can in life can sometimes, you know, for anyone that's listening, you know, things can feel really difficult and dark. And I would have never, if if I'd have known at all that I'd be sitting here today talking about a play that we've written based on our own personal experiences of. The struggles that we faced with being mixed race, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I was at school, really struggling with my race mm. and really being confused about my culture, to say that this many years in the future that I would be here having written a play about it and talking mm. about it and hopefully inspiring others to talk about it too, I would never have, you know, dreamed that that could happen, but that actually has given me so much hope. Well, there we go. And we'll end on that. <laughs> Thank you very hope. much. Thank you very much.